0: I had an interesting conversation with somebody and uh, he was struggling in work and uh, to uh, have breakthrough and somebody said to him, listen, go study how your brain works because he was trying to break through in certain concepts and he couldn't and then somebody said to him, listen, go read this book, Uh, it's an author, Caroline Leaf, that's a Christian neurologist and said go read it see how the brain works and see if that helps you to to break through and uh, he did and it helped him a lot so in that conversation God just spoke to me about how the brain works so i i i'm actually a scientist at heart it's like that's why I studied bsc i love science i also love maths so i'll i'll do a bit of science and maths today i said huh Now that school's ending, science and maths come. Let's do it. It's cool. Maths is cool. Science is cool. So listen to this. Um, Caroline, leave. Uh, First, before I go into how the brain works, let's read some scripture. Just as a foundation, and then we'll get into into what the scientists say. Quibbles. I saw here, I thought of you when I was preparing this. If I get this wrong, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not I'm not the neurologist. <laughs> so, so Romans 12 verse 2. So it says in the NIV, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, he's pleasing, and he's perfect will. So it says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So for years, medical science thought that the brain, like most of the rest of your body, reached maturity at some point, and then it stopped, and then it just got older. Like it actually just stops renewing itself fast enough, and that's the that's the aging process as we our bodies slow down in very simple terms. But your brain actually doesn't. Your brain actually keeps on renewing itself for much longer than the rest of your body at a higher pace. And that's new information. Or is it? Because it's written down in Romans, sort of around the year, I don't know, 70, 80, after Christ. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a hint the Holy Spirit knows how your body works because God made it. And so your your brain actually renews itself the whole time. Now, how does learning work? Because this is you, you get sort of born with a blank slate brain part at least. And then you have to start learning certain things. And I'm going to explain it as simple as I can. So you, your brain's a thing that works with electricity. The little impulses go through the nerves. The nerves carry them and, and then there's things in your brain called neurons and they connect to things called synapses. Not important, don't remember the words. Just that there's structure in your brain. And, uh, and, and what happens is those little impulses that throw, go through your brain make connections. So the process of... Yes, Nathan? Did you know that the entire system could... Um, your entire neural system could wrap around the entire world three times? There you go. Now that is true. I didn't know that. Your, your neurological system will wrap around the world three times if you unravel it. There we go. I know it's true because he knows stuff I don't. Uh, true story. So these things... When you learn, what happens is an impulse, an electrical signal, goes through your nerve and it makes a new connection in your brain. So it creates a new little pathway. That's the process of learning. So you didn't know something, you get exposed to it, and it creates this little pathway. It creates a little, little, little let's call it a tree in your brain. Right, one tree. That's the process of learning. Now you know something. If you don't repeat it, it's not very well established. It'll fade as if it was never there. You'll actually hear a a truth for the second time around, it'll be like you've never heard it. No recollection. Cool. How do we remember things? And we remember things by repetition. So you repeat the same learning pattern and it creates creates a, a solid pathway and connection in your brain, that has now formed a pattern, and you've learned something. And by repetition, you've now remembered it. Now, if you don't, I'll go there now. So, if you if you learn things all the same things all the time, so the more you learn of something of some subject, the easier it gets. Why? Because it's similar pathways. It's so like a little forest that grows. And once the forest has grown, or somewhat like branches of a tree, then little leaves start forming on them. And all of a sudden, your brain finds it much easier to add to the same thing. And that's why the, the, the learning process becomes easier and easier in a certain field. So, little science lesson there. hope I was close enough. Uh, not, not absolute rubbish. Good. <laughs> Anyway, so what happens if you have to forget something? So you've learned that the earth is flat. And you've come to realize that maybe it isn't. I know some people still think it is. Maybe they're right. But we let's postulate that the earth isn't flat, it's round. Okay? So the majority of us believe that. So you've come to believe that the earth is round. But there was a time in your life that you believed that the earth is flat. So how, you've based a lot of things on that. You've, you've based a lot of thought processes. If I say you've got to run here, you have an idea that it'll always go straight on. So you've got some, some things that you base on that But now you have to think differently. By thinking differently, the belief that you've built that the earth is flat never disappears. It fades. But it'll never go away. It's always there in your brain. Later on, your brain just won't go according to that pattern. See that word? It'll have the new pattern that you've now invested more time and thinking and dedication on. It'll now conform to the new pattern. Now, see, see where the Romans part comes in. It's like, do no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but... By the movie you go to and be transformed, think differently. Cool. That's the that's the basis of my of my of what I want to say. So this was just background, right? Like a go. Now I'm going to tell you. No, I'm not going to tell you the title. <laughs> Here's the thing, kids. We are our kids. The kids aren't going out to teach, kids. Church. Normally, we do have kids church, but you guys are here, so I've got to talk to you a little bit, right? So our parents teach us a whole bunch of stuff when we we're small. We learn from them, and then they repeat it over and over again, like the maths timetables. They help you, like one times one is one, one times two is two, one times three is three, all the difficult ones, and um, and later on we remember those things. And because your parents said so, it's true. Right. Most of what your parents told you is true. Yes? Oh, no. Let's not ask the youth. Children. Most of what your parents told you is true. No one says yes. I hope you. (laughs) I'm going to ask Nathan. (laughs) Anyway, it is so. But as parents, we also teach our children a couple of untruths. So, okay, it is, but that's okay. Grammar comes later, Nathan. Okay, so, did your parents teach you about, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden? Yes, Adam and Eve in the garden. Noah that built the boat. Uh what else did your parents teach you from the bible come? Jonah. Jonah was eaten by a whale or a fish. Um yeah, we've got a lack of children. And uh okay. But lots of stuff. Samson strong pulled down a whole building, right? Yeah, there's one. Yeah. What more? Yes. Any, nothing. Go. Cool. Next. Yes. And. So here's a question. Uh, did your parents teach you about Santa Claus? Yes. Uh, Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Uh, the tooth mouse or fairy? Yes. The Easter Bunny? Yeah. Lays chocolate eggs. Uh, that's cool. What does it eat? chocolate. It eats chocolate and then it lays eggs. (laughs) We're going to like a chicken, but it's a bunny. Yes. So, those are all the things we teach our children. Right. So, kids, let me tell you something. Right. So, Adam and Eve were real people. And they did something wrong, right? And what they did wrong was they tried to grasp control from God. They wanted to be in control. They wanted to make their own decisions, right? And then, actually, they lost something. They lost relationship with God because of it. And then God made a plan. And God had a brilliant plan, and he wrote it down for them. And he said... I will love you forever. And you will always want to love me. And he said, you'll, he's never giving up. What, what's that? Where's Nathan, Benjamin and Michael? My, uh, my never stopping, never giving up, always unbreaking and always and forever love. There you go. That's God's love. So that's his plan. That's a real plan. So, here's some maths. Cool. So, we've we've done stories. We've done the brain. I'm going to connect all of this for you. And then you're going to have a new memory. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to repeat it a couple of times so you'll remember it. Right? Okay. I'm going to do some maths. Who knows what a prophecy is? Prophecy? Prophecy, yes. What is a prophecy, Nathan? So, so I say something that comes, becomes, becomes true later in time. Some people prophesy and we don't know if it's going to come true yet. So, But if it does come true, it's a true prophecy. If it's a false prophecy, it's still saying it's going to happen, but it doesn't come true ever. So there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus coming. So... And what I'm trying to establish is there's no prophecy about the, about the Easter bunny. Right? So that's where I'm going. Right? So, I want to tell you that, like, the Easter bunny is not real. Don't tell your parents I said so. Right? <laughs> Peter Pan can't really fly. It's not true. <laughs> the parents gave it to you. You're right. So... But unlike those characters that you heard, the Bible has over 300 prophecies about Jesus coming to earth, right? It's got a whole bunch of other things. I'm just going to take the prophecies on Jesus. Now, doing some maths. Let's forget 300 prophecies. Let's just do eight. Let's take eight prophecies of Jesus coming one day in the Old Testament, written hundreds of years before he came by people that never knew him, right? Now, if you work out the chances in mathematical formulas, what the chances are that all eight prophecies, just eight, not the 300, would come true one day in one person. So over a couple of hundreds of years, people say different things about one person that's coming. For eight of them to come true, The chances of that mathematically is 1 in, listen to this, 10 to the power of 17. Right? 17 zeros. Okay. So what is that? Is there a word for 1 in 17 zeros? No, there's one for 1 in 18 zeros. It's called a quintillion. It's like, it's million, billion, trillion, and... 18 zeros is a quintillion, right? One zero short of a quintillion. One in that chance. Now, I didn't prepare this. Should I've? Yeah, I should've. I'm not gonna do it. But there's a, there's a flask. Hey man, can you tear up ten little pieces of paper quickly? Or just a couple, like, and, and make a mark on one. While you do that. And throw that in that jar. Tear it up, quick, quick. What I'm going to demonstrate is chances, right? What is the chances? Okay, just a couple of pieces of paper, right? So, we'll do this with one of you two. No, no, Azzy. Azzy, come here. Azzy's going to pick one piece of paper, but he's going to close his eyes. One of these pieces of paper has a mark on it. Get the right one. I want one, the one with the pen on it. No pressure. No, you've got to get the one with the pen mark. <laughs> Close your eyes. Big one. one. Does it have a pen mark? Ah. Wrong one. Okay. Not very good at this, Ozzy. Cool. One more chance. Last chance. Get the one with the pen mark. I promise I watched. She did put it in there. No. Is it in there? It is in there. Thanks. There you go. What are the chances? Right? About 10 pieces of paper. One of them had a mark on it. I promise, I watched to put it on there. It's not a magic trick. That's how, f- how it works, right? Now, imagine, imagine there were a quadrillion pieces of paper in there. You can't even imagine what, how big that number is. Let me tell you how big that number is. I worked it out. If you take five rand coins, a whole bunch of them, and you cover the surface area of the whole of South Africa. One uh what's what is um thirty centimeters, one uh, ruler deep. The entire surface of the South Africa of South Africa, right? Thirty centimeters deep with five Rand coins. But I mark one. And then I tell somebody, Okay, you can travel wherever you want to, you've got one chance. Bend down, pick up one five Rand and get the one that I marked. What do you think the chances are? One in a quantrillion. Zero. <laughs> Close enough. One in one quadrillion. <laughs> Yes. Now, guys, that's the chances that eight prophecies come true of one person. Not 300. There are 300 of those. So Jesus really fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. I want to look at a couple of them. So let's look at the Old Testament. Let's look at Micah 5. So it says where Jesus was going to be born. It says, but you Bethlehem Ephrathah, through you... As though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Micah wrote that. I didn't check when Micah lived, but it was at least four, or 500 years before Christ came. We can go look at Matthew 2. So this is New Testament. So 500 years later it says. Now, here's an interesting thing about this. This is Herod looking for Jesus. How will he find Jesus? He heard Jesus came. How would he find him? He said to the guys, where is he? Right? He asked the teachers of the law, where is Christ? And he said, in Bethlehem, in Judah, Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. That's how they found Jesus. Because it was prophesied over him. So they didn't find him and say, let's make this baby the prophesied baby. They heard that maybe this king was born. And they went, where will we find him? And they went, in the prophecy, 500 years ago, about. That's where he's born. Let's go look there. They looked, and what did they find? Jesus was there. So the Old Testament also prophesies why he would come. Not only where he would come. It said he would rule. He would be the ruler. So the one is true. I'm going to go for the rest is also true. Jesus came to be born. He came to be one of us. He became to become flesh. He, became t- he came to be born as a human. Let's look at another one. I'm not going to go eight even. Where he would live and what he would say. So in Isaiah 9, Isaiah has got a lot of prophecies. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. That's Isaiah 9. And let's go to Matthew 4. Again, Isaiah written a long time ago, Matthew written New Testament. It says Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake of the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the gentle arms. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. I've read that somewhere. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So we read it in the Bible as one book, but this was written six, seven hundred years later. Two prophecies. And this says where he would live. So if you were there and you needed to find Jesus, what would you do? There was no Facebook. There was no WhatsApp group. There was no email and no pin location. You would have to look at what Isaiah wrote and then you would find Jesus where he lives. And you would even know what he would do and say. He would be a shining light. He would bring a message of good tidings. He would tell the truth. He would live sinless. That's what the Old Testament said about him. Those are the prophecies that I'm not even doing. Okay. It then went on and it said how and why he would die. So, Psalm 22. It says, dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. It's in Psalms. David wrote that. His hands and feet were never pierced. So he wasn't writing this about himself. So, prophecy. I don't think I need to go to the New Testament to prove to you that that happened, do I? In all of the Gospels, we hear that Jesus was crucified and that his hands and his feet. And that was for us. So, why would he die? Well, that's the it's not the story of Adam and Eve. That's the history of Adam and Eve. It's the, it's the story that's been told over and over, but it's, it's the history of Adam and Eve that tells us that man fell away from God and that God made a plan immediately. And he said, you know what? I'm going to send somebody That's what he said to to Adam and Eve. I'm making a way. Yes, Satan is now ruling the earth. But I'm going to send somebody who will crush his head. Right there in Genesis, God says, that's what I'm going to do. Prophecy over his own son. Saying, I will never give up on you. I will always love you. I will never forget you. So, what did it also say? Lucky for us in the Old Testament, it said that he would live again. Let's look at Psalm again, 118. Psalm 118, it says, I will not die but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Did David die? He wrote this. He did. So, if he wrote this about him, he lied. Not a true prophecy. But he said, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely but has not given me over to death. There's a prophecy about Jesus. The whole psalm is about Jesus. I'm just picking that one thing. And it says, so Jesus would live. He wouldn't stay in his grave. He would be raised again by God to live. And to bring us closer to, God, to to God again, give us an opportunity to have relationship with Him again, which was broken. So, why is this important? I think it's important for us to realize that, other than Santa, Peter Pan, and Tooth Fairy, the things we read in the Bible is true. They are true. Jesus is real. And we have to read the things that we see in the Bible. We have to study them. We have to form those pathways in our brains. We have to learn from the Bible. And then we have to keep on learning. And why do we read the word over and over again? Because we need to remember it. We need to build a forest of a pattern in our heads because this is how God made us to work. So you form a pattern in your brain, going back to that. And then when you get new information, you know what your brain does? It slots it into that pattern and it goes, how does this work? How does does this new truth that I've now just seen, how does this work? So we get faced with a new problem. Let's say, let's take our biggest problem at the moment. We have a virus on the loose, right? And the virus is here, and it's threatening everybody. And what do we do with that knowledge? It's true, there's a virus. It kills people. People are worried. They're afraid. We're all afraid. Some of our friends get sick, even die. How do we deal with that? How do, how do I interpret that new fact? Well, it depends on what the forest in my head looks like. If it's filled with God's pattern, it's going to slot into God's pattern. It's going to go, you know what, we're never going to live forever. None of us are coming out of this alive. We're all going to die. It's how we live that's important. And then you go, you know what? I'm going to live for God no matter what. God is good no matter what. Am I going to do everything I need to do and can do? Yes. So doctors and scientists come up with plans. God gave them brains. They studied. They know. They'll tell you that having an inoculation could help you. Yes. So you do everything you can do. But, you are not afraid. You're not filled with fear. Because God is good. And God is in control. And God has a plan for my life. But I knew that before I got the new truth. So, the problem is, if your head is filled with trees that are not the pattern of God, and you get the same information, what could you do? Well, I believe the people that are making the rules are old and unsaved people and they're terrified of dying. So now, how will I make the rules? Well, I'm going to try and preserve my life for as long as possible, no matter what. You can't meet as a church because you might spread the virus. You can't get together. You can't see each other. You can't hug. You can't, we need to, this is, we'll do anything for one more day. So that's a scary thought. I'm telling you that I won't do anything for another day. I won't. Because I will do anything that God asks me to do. No matter what. And some of those might not be necessarily healthy. Jesus died on the cross. That wasn't healthy. Right? (laughs) But he did what his father asked him to do. So... It's important for us to realize that some of the things in our heads, and I said the tooth mouse and the Easter bunny, right? So for the parents, here's a, here's a little thought. Watch my time. Little thought for the parents. Still teaching your children, youth, you might have learned this from your parents. So I'm talking directly to you. So how we forget stuff is like this, Right? if you stop remembering, what happens is you don't go according to that pattern anymore. And what happens to the old pattern? It fades, but it's still there. And then later on it fades, and then your brain doesn't go according to that pattern anymore. It goes according to your new pattern. So here's a scary thought. So we raise our children. We've told them about Adam and Eve and Noah and Samson and Jesus and Santa and the tooth fairy and Peter Pan and the Easter Bunny. And then they grow up and they're 14, 15 years old and they start learning science and maths and and the earth is round and not flat and all kinds of new facts and they start realizing that everything my parents told me is not true. Like Peter Pan can't fly and nobody came to fetch my tooth, right? So, and then they go, well, actually the stuff my parents taught me was wrong. And then they stopped going according to what the parents told them. It's all a fairy tale. The danger here, parents, is that we are training our children to slot Jesus and Adam and Eve and all of the biblical truths in with all the other things we also tell them. Can you tell them about Peter Pan and Santa? Yes, yes. But please raise them with the knowledge that that is a story. And that's a game that we play and not reality and very distinct from the truth that you tell them from the Bible. Because otherwise they'll turn 15, 16 years old and they'll go, you know what, this is all rubbish. We throw all of that out. It fades. And how does it happen? Your brain works like that. It fades with the rest of that forest. It's in that forest that was their belief structure when they were little and it fades with it it's not because they evil that they do it they're going to have to relearn a truth so they can good news they can relearn a truth they can find for themselves that Jesus is the truth the way and the light but they're going to have to do it without you despite you almost no (laughs) so Ah, parents good good Grandparents, good. Yeah. (laughs) So, Jesus is real. Jesus was raised from the grave. Jesus paid a price for us. God loves you. These are the real truths. And this morning, I actually want to ask all of us to search in your hearts. Is Jesus that real to you? Is he an absolute fact to you to this morning? Or is he part of a fading memory? Do you not conform to the pattern of the world any longer? Or do you take God's word? Have you built a forest in your heart and in your mind to to actually use to align the rest of the world's truth to. So. Will I be that brave? Who would be that brave? Like who, who do you think that there might be. Something in your head. That has skewed your perspective a little. I know that I know they're there. I have to fight some of my own beliefs sometimes. True story. I have to keep on reading God's word over and over and over again to build God's truth into my mind and to make that the pattern that I conform to.